Welcome everyone to this week's Really Big Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Chizuk. I'm joined by my co-host, Acronym. And we are here to tell you everything that's going on in the worlds of like gaming and wrestling and and uh and music and entertainment. We're just we're just entertainment um junkies. Yeah. We just like watching movies and listening to music and playing video games. And then we like telling you guys all about it. Today we've got a really uh great uh guest. Our our first guest, is it not? No, our second, nope, guest. second guest. Our second guest. Mike was our first guest last week. Thank you again, Mike, from uh, two, two Guys, One Lightsaber for talking Star Wars with us on the uh, eve of the last Mandalorian. I think we both enjoyed the uh, oh, yeah. final Mandalorian episode uh, very much. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but the guy named Rick, his last name starts with an F. Dude is a genius. Filoni? No, oh. no, that's Dave Filoni. Sorry. No, there's it's like Rick Fayamuja or something. Like, I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. Um, But he did some of my favorite episodes this season. Oh, so I, excellent. Like, every time we got done and I went, ah, oh, it was Rick. Yeah. Like, that was why. It was like his episodes were my favorite ones for the most part. Like, right. him and um, every time Carl Weathers gets to direct, I'm always really jazzed about his episodes. Yeah. Um, Deborah Cho and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard usually do great episodes. I usually like her, her episodes a lot. Yeah, those guys are, are all awesome. And I like how they have like a, a, a team. Mm-hmm. Like it's always usually the same crew of people doing the directing. Right. But they're all just, they understand the product. Yeah, for sure. And it was uh, it was a kind of a strange season. I think we talked with Mike about, about that last week where it's like, most of the other seasons were very westerny. They're very like one-shot stories that all link together with this one plot. Whereas this one was kind of like one big overarching plot with the Mandalorians as a race instead yeah. of just just Mando himself. And they're gonna kind of, I think they're gonna kind of expand on that moving forward. But Katie Sackoff has been doing a lot of interviews lately. Who plays Bo-Katan? She's been talking about how like. All of these things are converging together because you've got Ahsoka, you've got the Mandalorian series and Book of Boba Fett, and all of those are supposed to go together. Now, simultaneously, there's been some frustration with the fact that Boba Fett was supposed to pop up in the the last season of The Mandalorian, and uh, there's been some, I think, probably misconstrued quotes that they've taken from Timur... Tamura, how do I pronounce his name? No idea. Uh, the the dude that plays Boba Fett and Jango Fett, um, he made mention that like he was supposed to be in the season, and they cut it, and he seemed sort of like frustrated with it, and people kind of blew it out of proportion afterward. But I think it was more of like you know he took up a decent chunk of the the Boba Fett series, like right. one whole episode was dedicated to him, and then was like part of this. So. In that sense, I think we're going to see some crossover in between the two. I wonder if with Dave Filoni now going to, he's going to do like the movies and stuff, if like one of his movies is just going to be the Avengers of Star Wars. It should. Like we're going to take everybody's that's had a show on Disney Plus for the last like five years and make one big team, like one big story to make them all interact. And not to share too much, because I, I know there's probably still people trying to catch up yet, so right. I'm going to not share, like, spoilers or anything like that. But I will say that I think that the reason that they're bringing back Ray and they're going to do more is um, Grogu is the first student that Luke ever taught. Ray is the last student Luke ever taught. So these two have the opportunity to, like, re-raise 
you know, the, 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 the good side. Yeah. yeah, and the Jedi and everything. And I feel like that is something that they're maybe possibly looking at. Interesting. And I don't know if maybe at some point Rey and Grogu will meet right. or, you know, whatever. Hopefully but. he's all grown up by then. Yeah, I mean, the plus side is, is like, I will say there's like, this is like the only spoiler I will give you is that like, at, probably in the last like two minutes of the episode, you see Grogu walking. Yeah. And he's taller. Because you can actually see his feet underneath his little robe. Uh, and you've not actually seen him walk, 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 right. and see his feet moving before. And that was like, it tripped me out. And yeah. It was like really quick and, and very like minuscule. But I was like, oh man, he's getting bigger. He's getting bigger. He's actually, <laughs> you can see his feet now. That's dope. What if so? that race is just the goblins of... Uh... Of the Star Wars universe, and Grogu has been able to talk this entire time, but he's messing with people like Yoda used to mess with people, just <laughs> making little baby sounds. I feel like Grogu would have cracked by now. He loves Mando <laughs> too much. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've uh, now that we've kind of reviewed what we've been up to in the last week, let's hit the headlines. Apparently, the guys in Crazy Town got in a fight. <laughs> I haven't seen the video, but I saw yes last night on Twitter that like the, there's two guys right in Crazy Town. There's there they have a band like there's an actual band, right? But I, from what I understand, the lead singer did not show up on time, so the other guy was trying to sing, okay. kind of like how you would sometimes do that with your band, sure. And um. Unfortunately, once the other guy showed up, he got really mad and they got in a fist fight, apparently. On stage. Uh, in like, and it was like a little bit after that because they were on some, it was some sort of like riverfront yeah. concert series with a bunch of like, you see older people there or whatever. And, uh, better be careful. You're only like five years away from your favorite bands being on Riverfront Concert Series. Uh, my my favorite band's are already playing in the grocery store, let's be honest <laughs> here. Like, I'm hearing Weezer at Meyer, and I'm not okay with it. But <laughs> after apparently they got in this fight, they squashed the beef. So they're just like, oh, it's all good now. So there was this public spectacle, and they ended up in the press and everything. They're like, no, we're fine now. They tried to be kayfabe oasis. I mean, maybe. I don't know, but that's regardless i think my favorite was from jesse lee on um tiktok he's he he's from ohio he is really cool he's now working for sirius xm he said the biggest thing that i'm confused about is crazy town is still playing dates yeah well <laughs> so i love that about it <laughs> okay we found out last week that the spider-man movies are coming to disney plus all of the Sony Spider-Man stuff. They uh, officially put the Sam Raimi trilogy on there, as well as uh, the Amazing Spider-Man uh, collection with uh, Andrew Garfield. And the first Spider-Man um, Tom Holland movie uh, is coming on May 12th, along with Venom. Yes. Which still leaves the other two Tom Holland Spider-Mans and the Venom sequel. Yep. And Morbius. <laughs> Does anybody? I um, I feel like people only watch Morbius, ironically. You need to watch it once, but only once. Only once. I mean, you can watch it again if you want to, but you don't have to. to. I never need to see Matt Smith dance with his shirt off ever again. I don't know. It was pretty alright. It was creepy. (laughs) 
So yeah, that's something to look forward to. Also, we've got a Craven the Hunter movie uh, coming up, which is going to have the guy who played Quicksilver in Age of Ultron as Craven the Hunter. Yeah, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes, yes. Also, uh, kick ass back in the day. Um, on the comic book front, uh, this is the week the comic book stores get their previews magazine, which lets you know what's coming out in July. And Dark Horse and IDW Publishing is teaming up for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Stranger Things crossover in July. That's interesting. Yes, they said it's supposed to uh, explore the similarities between Raphael and Eleven. They both have some rage issues. But it'll also be interesting to see how some of the other turtles like like Max and Donatello get along and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's something to look forward to in July. Not the only comic book. Uh, related news we've got with this week's episode so definitely stay tuned for that also um i saw this yesterday a youtuber that uh like unpackages magic the gathering cards uh essentially got his house um like swatted last saturday by pinkerton agents which is a private detective company that was the coast had hired because he got a case of magic the gathering cards that don't come out until may and they wanted him to give back the stolen property. According to uh, this YouTuber, whose name is in the article, and I do not remember it, uh, Dan Old School MTG Cannon, um, he had said on his um, on his uh, social media that he was going to be shooting videos on Saturday morning with this new March of the Machine aftermath stuff when the raid on his house happened. Um he said that the guy that he buys his Magic the Gathering cards is more of a Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh guy. So when he got the cards that aren't supposed to release until May, couldn't tell the difference between March of the Machine Aftermath and the March of the Machine set that just released last Friday and gave him the wrong box. Gotcha. So it's not like he was, you know, going through nefarious means, at least according to him, to get cards that he's not supposed to have yet but is still uh, kind of a black eye on Wizards of the Coast part to just send private detectives to raid your house because they think you have, you stole something you weren't supposed to have. Everything you just said went... Right over your head. I, I don't know a single thing with the exception of... I got really confused when everybody was posting about Pinkertons. Sure. Because I'm going, what did Weezer do? <laughs> Everyone's just celebrating their love. For no, everybody was mad about Pinkertons, and I'm like, "What the fuck is a Pinkerton? Why it? it this has nothing to do with Weezer. I'm really confused." It does not. So actually, um, a lot of us know Pinkerton. Even even says so in this Kotaku article because of Red Dead Redemption. Yep. Because they saw people is, posting about Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, because there's a whole line of missions in the first Red Dead Redemption where the Pinkerton detective agency is like employed by the U.S. government to to you know be, do stuff with the gang that you were supposed you were previously a part of to yeah, hunt them down i could not tell if that was what was being said was political if it had something to do with gaming or what and i was like pinkerton red dead redemption to something about wotc which i don't know what that stands for that's got to be code for some i was really confused and i didn't want to ask anybody that is that is wizards of the coast <laughs> which is the company that makes magic the gathering cards who got bought by hasbro years ago so now hasbro owns wizards of the coast when i started doing podcasting with chuck even just talking to chuck in general i sent him a graphic okay and true. graphic had 
a hot bar and a cold bar and went like all into a scale. Then I put little lines that went into like what I knew and what I didn't know about nerdisms. And like on the cold side would be things I knew nothing about. And then on the other side, it was things that I knew about in between some of the other stuff that didn't make sense. And that is very much on the cold bar side. I know nothing about like Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons. Like I think I know more about Dungeons and Dragons from Stranger Things than anything else. I'm sure because I'm not a big D&D player. But it's just like I don't know any of that. So I'm sitting there going, I have no idea what's (laughs) happening. And and. Yeah, King Mob was tweeting about it, and Awesome Punks were tweeting about it. Right. I don't know what's going on, and I well, don't want to ask anybody. Part of it is that Wizards of the Coast <laughs> owns Dungeons & Dragons as well, and they just had that big kerfuffle a month or two ago where they said they were going to cancel the open gaming license, and yes. everybody that was making stuff like Awesome Punks on Twitter was like, all right, then we'll just make it for a different game kind of mm-hmm. thing, and then they had to back off on it, so this is like, the second bad Wizards of the Coast thing in a couple of months. Get a new team, guys. Get a yeah. new team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a couple of video games we can look forward to. Uh, there is a game coming out called Funko Fusion. Uh, it is essentially the Lego games done with Funko Pops. Um, the trailer came out and shows um, characters from the Umbrella Academy. Uh, interacting with Jurassic World, Back to the Future, Masters of the Universe, Shaun of the Dead, and John Carpenter's The Thing. Wow. Uh, There's going to be different worlds, just like a Lego game where you interact with different things from the franchises as different Funko Pops. And it's made by a company who is uh, people who used to work for Telltale Games who made all the Lego games. So that's something to look forward to. It's supposed to come out early next year. And uh, the other thing to look forward to that they just started doing the paid um like beta testing for is disney speedstorm it's disney mario kart and it's supposed to be free to play uh the only thing that in the kataki article that i was reading that is a minus so far is that the grind to get certain characters is extremely like you're gonna have to play so many races to get the points you need to not spend money to get the guys you got and there's only they said nine tracks right now but i would imagine this is the beginning. It's kind of like that. What was that Warner Brothers fighting game? Uh, multiverses where yeah. it's like, here's eight characters to start, but don't worry, we're going to add more. And this is Disney seeing if they can, uh, if they can cash in on that kind of free to play video game style. Absolutely. And that's all I've got for some headlines. So I guess we'll get right into our uh, interview. This week, we're talking to Mark Cooper, player one of Nerdcore fame, about his love of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's coming up next on the Really Big Fan Podcast. All right, y'all, it's the interview segment of this week's Really Big Fan Podcast, and I'm super excited because we're talking to close friend of both mine and acronyms, Mr. Mark Cooper. He's a Nerdcore rapper. He's also a really big fan of Power Rangers. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing all right, man. Like I said, I'm really excited to talk to you specifically about Power Rangers because this is one of the first episodes or at least first interviews that we're doing where both me and Acronym aren't really huge fans of the subject. So like, you kind of get to school us in the things that we don't know about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Let's get started um, for, for our first question. Where did you first... Um, discover Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Well, um, to be honest, I've discovered it just like any other 
you know, six or seven year old in 93 when it came out on TV, okay. you know, doing all the, the backflips and jumps off the slide when you're not supposed to. And, you know, and they claim you're somebody and nobody else could be that color because that's just where you were as a kid. And this is kind of how you got inspired by it. You know, I've been watching it since then. And it's just been a, you know, like a roller coaster ride of things I always loved about it. So when, when you were a kid, was there a specific uh, color Power Ranger that uh, when you were on the playground, you were always like, I'm that one? Well, absolutely. I was always the Green Ranger. I was always Tommy. And yeah, this is kind of what it is. He had a shield and everybody else didn't. And that's fine. And that's the it's kind of how you I think go it was the green one or the white one because it was the same dude. And that was, he was like, he was the big badass. It, exactly. And that's why I love the most about it. So Pink Ranger up in the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That that was me when I was younger. I did dress up as the Pink Ranger for Halloween one year. Nice. That was the extent of it. <laughs> nice. Funny to hear you guys talk about being like seven or eight years old when Power Rangers came out. I think I was in high school <laughs> at the time. I remember the show coming out. And I remember seeing it and being like, oh, this is kind of fun. But it, it, it never, it didn't grab me in the way that things grabbed me when I was younger. Because like I said, I was in high school. So I was just kind of tangentially... Uh, aware of what's going on in Saturday morning cartoons. Well, it's interesting too that you kind of didn't get into it because of the fact that, like, um, when they have their vehicles and then they form into the giant thing, that's very Transformers. Sean, very Transformers. And, yeah, I did go and see the movie. Oh, nice. Even though I think by that time we had graduated high school, I, I remember going with friends to see the movie because we had to see what the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie was going to be all about. So um, I always ask everybody this question because I find it fascinating. Was Power Rangers, like, was the TV show your first entry to it or did you have toys before the TV show or maybe play one of the videos? Oh, no, no. It was definitely the um, the show first, for sure. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't know a lot about the Sentai series and things like that that were in the early 80s or even the 70s even. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I graduated, you know, not graduated, when I was born in, like, the later 80s, like, 87, you know, like a lot of the stuff like now it's like one of my first actual like introductions into live hero type of things. Like I've seen, you know, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've seen all of those, you know, elements yeah. of it. But it was the first time seeing something uh, continuously on a Saturday afternoon or a weekday afternoon. Right. Um, you're, you're right. It was very unique in that it was live action where a lot of the stuff that we watched at the time would be, would be animated. Um, has it led you to seek out other stuff like Ultraman? Uh, yeah, I'm a huge, I love superhuman samurai cyber squad. They used to come on actually right before, uh, power Rangers in the morning. And that was one of the first shows I remember growing up with where they would show it at seven o'clock and then it would show it at four o'clock right afterwards. Oh, nice. So you would kind of, you'll get like a double episode. So you'll be already amped to go to school because you just saw that. You want to, yep. you know, go on the playground and reenact things you shouldn't reenact. And then you get back home and you get your snacks or your Pop-Tarts or your chips or whatever. And then you watch the the episode that comes on at four o'clock. So did your, did did the, the Power Rangers show uh, give you the, the impetus to maybe practice martial arts or learn to build a giant mech that turns into a bigger mech? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a point where I was in uh, martial arts for a little bit when I was about eight or nine and trying it out and things like that. But I had a bigger passion in basketball at that time. Uh-huh. So it was something that I did like on Saturdays and all that, but mostly I just kind of got right into basketball. And um, I just really enjoy that and what's really cool i like the most about it is that 
we already knew controversy was coming because that was the time when there were a whole bunch of things being introduced to the violence, like as in from the Mortal Kombat era situations right. and the ESRB and, you know, just seeing like, you know, one of our kids watching era kind of thing. And, you know, because Power Rangers was a violent show, even though it wasn't meant like that was overall, the kids were still going to do what they did. But what I liked the most is that they went the PSA route about it and said, hey, you know, I know you guys see us do this stuff on TV, but just understand that this stuff isn't real. And I like the fact that they owned up to that. Even as a kid, I was just like, yeah, that, if that was kind of dangerous, I jumped on that slide. You know what I mean? You get, <laughs> you get those, uh, you get those uh, recollections like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have did that. And then you get it. But it makes it, it always makes it fun. And that's what I love most about the show. It always kept it fun. The 90s were the force to be reckoned with between Power Rangers and WWF. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I. It's funny because I remember when Ninja Turtles was a thing, like playing in the backyard with sticks and, and you know, the plastic cantata plates and stuff <laughs> and playing Ninja Turtles. And I, I don't think it was until Power Rangers that it became a, a problem. Which it should have totally been a problem when we were doing it, you know, like five to seven years before. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's probably because it was live action. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's a cartoon, it's like, it's a little different. It's like, well, that and, you know, they're turtles. They're not cool. But like, you know, having that element of like, well, that person looks like me. You have that identifier. But at the same time, then it's like, no, I want to go fight people. It's also funny, too, that like the Ninja Turtles would eventually get a live action Power Rangers style show. We talk yeah, about that. that was a um, conversation I was having with uh, with uh, somebody else. They were saying that, you know, Ninja Turtles made that introduction to show that a live action could really be something because, you know, that was 1990, 91. And then, you know, they started coming out with Rangers in 93 in America's aspect of it. I was going to say that's wild because I, I seem to recall the Turtles show coming out after Power Rangers had made it huge. But I, I, I defer to you. You you probably have a better grasp on the timeline than I do. No, I've known, shockingly enough, I thought I thought Ninja Turtles was about like maybe right after Power Rangers. I always thought that. Yeah. And when I looked at the tapes again, I was like, the first movie was 1990. Right. No, I'm thinking of like the, the next mutation show, the live action show. Like I think Power Rangers hit and then they're like, well, we've got some turtle costumes that we put people in. And that's the other thing that's fascinating, too, is that the the so the the battle sequences and like the sequences with the Zords, as they're called, um, are all from a show that's almost like 10 years earlier. Oh, yeah. The new mutation didn't come out until 1997. Okay, so yeah, it was a matter of like, man, look at all that Power Rangers money. We want a cut of that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, especially with the, especially where the way the toys came out. Yeah. That was, oh, yeah, that was a whole element in itself that was super cool. Well, right. like everybody wanted to be a Power Ranger for Halloween. Like if you were a millennial and during that time frame, like that was the costume. And those costumes were really good for it too because you just need the mask mm-hmm. and then the, the jumpsuit. Yep. So you just had a diff- different color jumpsuit. Did you, um, when you, when you were growing up, Mark, did you ever like make up your own Power Ranger that wasn't a color that they had yet? No, nah, I didn't do that. Well, I was kind of obsessed with the green and the white Ranger with it. It was, it was, it was just Tommy everything at that Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. So what? Yeah, that is just the coolest effort to me. You know? What was it about Power Rangers? Like 
that really, really like you're like, this is my thing. Like this is that it went from being like a power is just kind of cool to like, no, man, I'm a Power Rangers fan. This is this is a thing I really, really I think like. I think it was just the element of being able to um, grasp an imagination situation from it. And the thing is, the reason why it's, it's super important and sometimes you think of it even from like a psychological aspect is that growing up, I was the only child. So I didn't have siblings and things like that until like years later, like when I got into my 20s. But like, it's just understanding like you in the 90s, it was really about always about your imagination and what exactly you could be able to create with that. Because, you know, by playing, you know, playing the Game Boy or the Genesis or, you know, Mm -hmm. going outside of the park is one thing. But when you start making up your own imagination stuff, go, oh, there's putties there or there's this, there's that. And um, you start becoming more creative, different ways to entertain yourself to the point that you're like, wow, that was a great episode. Wow, that was super cool. It was like being able to feel like you're a hero to somebody, even though you don't do anything at all to anything to benefit society at all. Just imagining that you are that person. It's just like anybody who was an X-Men fan or DC fan. So they can be able to, you know, embody that character. And then later on, you see that, you know, there were teenagers like, okay, then you go to Turbo, then they have one that's a kid that was like, you know, nine or 10 years old doing it. You're like, wow, a kid could be a ranger too. It just gave you more elements to, to be able to build with, but it might just be a creative thing for me. Right. And speaking of a creative thing, this is also something that you're even to this day doing, uh, doing stuff, Power Rangers stuff. Tell our, our listeners, our viewers a little bit about what you're up to. Sure, man. Uh, well, um, I'm actually a green Power Ranger. I, I don't know how that happened, but I am. And um, I'll be a green elephant ranger from a series that's called uh, from Zoolager. So it's basically uh, Beast Hunters. It's like uh, morph with the Rubik's Cube, which is kind of hilarious. So when I show you the morpher in person, you're going to laugh about it for sure. Um, I've been training for that and I've been getting... Um, you know, my health together and things like that too, for inspiration yep. to be able to, you know, do that kind of action. So it's pretty great to have that. I've been doing a lot of, uh, uh, stunt double work. So just like how they had villains and putties and things like that. I actually get dressed as that to do, be a fight chore- uh, choreographer as well. So nice. I coordinate with other Ranger series and things like that. That's cool. And it's all the way down to the music, make music about it and create it. So it's been, it's been an overall passion of mine that I really, you know, embodied the best way I can. So we first met when I was doing my previous show, um, and and it was because you were also a, a what's called a nerdcore rapper, which you've done uh, whole albums about the Power Rangers when you're you're doing your rapping. How is um, how has your nerdcore rap career helped you when it comes to like scoring this stuff? Oh well, um. To be honest, a lot of it is, um, you know, inspiration from watching. So one of my heroes in that is called Ron Wasserman. If you ever met him before or have heard of him, he's the guy that's done like the X-Men animated series. He's done the Mighty Power Ranger theme and all those things. And what I like about his music is that like him and Bruce Falconer from Dragon Ball Z, you know what I mean? And And the people that are behind that. I like how they convey emotion in anything that they put together for it. And that's something that definitely inspires me when it comes to doing that kind of music. So when I 
rap about the music I want to do, whether it's Power Rangers, whether it's Dragon Ball Z, et cetera, et cetera. It's something I grew up with and it's something I'm passionate about. And the more, and people can sense that in music, you know, nowadays, a lot of people kind of, you know, make the music they think everybody wants to hear, or, you know, whether it's, you know, like the regular popular trend, or it might be a, you know, a pity party. I'm sad about some things. Let's be sad together. You know what I mean? Which is absolutely fine. But I just didn't want to do that particular aspect of it. I just wanted to do it for the people who grew up with the stuff in the nineties and then maybe grew up within the eighties and the seventies and they're showing their kids, Hey, this is what I like to do. And that's what inspires me. Hell yeah. No, I love that. And I've listened to your stuff, obviously. And, uh, out of all of the stuff that you've put out, is there a verse that you wrote that was power ranger specific? That is your favorite. Yeah. Um, it definitely be, um, I mean, of course, if I do the Tommy Oliver stuff, of course, you know, I mean, that's just, I really enjoy those kind of things. But to be honest, one of my favorite verses I ever wrote was uh, for the Black Ranger from Mastodon, just because of the story behind it, which is interesting. Um, I met Walter Jones at a Michigan Comic Con when they had it back in 2019. And uh, because, you know, he's, he's from Detroit. So his family was here. So his parents were here. So I was in line and I was just waiting. You know, I was talking, you know, I was suddenly, yeah, I was getting ready to come out with some, you know, Power Ranger stuff, just thinking in my head. And then her, his parents are like, okay, let's hear what you got. <laughs> right like, on what? the spot there. I was like, what? And that was the first time I ever been, you know, just kind of stumped. I was like, well, it's something I'm working on. I was like, oh, great. Well, let us know when you do. So when I got home, I wrote the whole project in a week. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. And did you ever hear back from them? You ever like send them, you know, some tracks and hear back from them? Oh, yeah. It even got to the point even Walter Jones has used the song in his videos. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So a lot of the Rangers really um, take a good liking to it because, you know, you always get those people that wait until like maybe like an anniversary show or something like that. And be like, oh, the make a power rep and everybody's going to go. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And you know that they're not really fans like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if you're doing it when it's like only the, the like 22nd anniversary, then it's much better than when it's which now I guess it's the 30th anniversary. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, they're going to be doing one on Netflix, right? It came out today. Oh, okay. There we go. Yep. I was like, I knew that they said that the original Pink Power Ranger did not uh, sign up or sign in for that, but the rest of them did. And they were all really excited, including her. She was very supportive of everybody else. So I knew that something was coming out, but I just didn't know when. So what what is it called? Uh, it should be, uh, I think it's called Once and Always. Oh, okay. And it's like a like a film. It, it's interesting because uh, the you know one of the readers that passed on before um, Jason David Frank was uh, you know Vertrini, uh, right? And uh, she passed. And then they, I think they casted somebody that's like as her daughter. Ah, that's what that's what I had read. Which, which is which is interesting. I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's actually Michelle Kwan's actual biological daughter, but right. if it is, that's even crazier. Yeah, that'd be for funny. sure. Yeah. yeah. So Power Rangers has had a ton of stuff. It's got the TV show, as we mentioned. It was it had the toys. Uh, there were video games based on based on it. The comic books are doing gangbusters these days. I think they've got like three or four different monthly titles wow. for Power Rangers, which is pretty cool. For you, um, did you ever branch out into the other media that Power Rangers had? Yes, I mean, I also I've always loved the video games of it. I do play the new one that they have. That's like a you know like a two D based uh, game. They do have. I think it's. 
I think it's Battle of the Grid. I hope I didn't get it wrong, but that's the the name is like, like Power of the Grid or Battle of the Grid. Okay. And that was based off of the the comic book of uh, you know, of the Lord Draken, you know, that particular history. And they have the uh some of the voice actors in it. I think I know they have Jason David Frank, but I believe they have Amy Joe in there as well. That's nice. super cool. I'm surprised that the in this day and age with like the online games being so big, like Dead by Daylight or something like that, that there's not some Power Rangers game where it's like five against a mo- an army or you know five against one yeah. or oh, like like an rpg yeah i'm actually kind of shocked there's no rpg or rts for that yet yeah for sure because it is the kind of thing where like when i found out that over in japan they made a sailor moon rpg and it plays a little bit like chrono trigger i was like what this is amazing is it the one you have on the emulator it is okay yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool well, Mark, it's been great talking to you about Power Rangers and your passion for it. Um, going into the future, what are you um, what are you excited about that they're doing right now with Power Rangers? It, like, you know, we just talked about the Netflix show. Do they have maybe another movie on the way, or do they have you know? Are, are I, they have to still have shows, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they um, I believe they have a new one they just uh, introduced. Um, I'm trying to losing losing it here, but the costumes now they almost look like Shazam. Like the after Shazam look, kind of you know like like literally superheroes like they actually all have capes, which is interesting. Oh wow! You know, yeah, there's some kind of mixed feelings about it, but I'm actually interested to see what kind of elements they go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, say how to back. But there's a lot of different history. I mean, different sentais to explore uh, of that. I'm trying to catch up to, and I don't know who knows, man. It might even be a day that maybe one of the next series it might feature me or something because I've been noticing that. Uh, a lot of the series are starting to go away from just making it the same teenage formula for 30 years. Sure. So there's a high possibility that maybe they may pick some, you know, Rangers that are a little bit older or experienced or something like that. So, I mean, that's why I got my heart on. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep moving and, you know, and hope for the best. I think I see a lot with my Transformers, but like you see, if you go to the, the toy aisle these days, uh, they, they're remaking like He-Man action figures. And obviously Ninja Turtles has always had a pretty big uh, in Star Wars. I, I think they understand that people our age are the ones that are primarily buying the <laughs> oh, yeah, We're the ones with the money. They know that for sure. Yeah. Right. So they're definitely going like, okay, well, yeah, we want the kid demographic, but also we know that our established fan base is already of an of a older generation now, so we have to make sure we continue to cater the, to them too. Uh, Mark, before we go, tell people where can they find your stuff online? Maybe where can they find you as a Power Ranger? Oh, easy. So the best way to find me is you can follow it. It's Mark Cooper. That's I-T-S-M-E-R-K-C-O-O-P-E-R and you will go for superstars. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, Mark. Thank you for coming by the Really Big Fan Podcast. We will have you back. For sure. Yeah, I can't wait. Because yeah, I know you are a really big fan. As a nerdcore rapper, I know you are a really big fan of multiple franchises. Oh, yeah. So uh, we we did our first episode was about Transformers, and I just talked about Transformers. I know you're a Transformers fan as well. I'm trying to space the Transformers conversations yes, out. Yes, you need to. Yeah. At least maybe like, you know, a month between them. Well, it's like, oh, I'll have Tony out eventually, but we just had... Mark Pandoff on talking about Star Wars. Star Wars, right? Exactly. Space team, yeah. <laughs> kind of space. Yeah, we don't want to just become a, a a niche show where we're just talking about the one thing. <laughs> hey, if you talk about Beast Wars, let me know. All right, there you go, <laughs> Mark. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. All right. And we're back with the really big fan podcast. Thank you once again to Mark Cooper. 
for uh, in, in giving us the information on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Are you ready to find out what we've learned? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a three-question quiz for you on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. We'll see how much you retain from both talking to Mark and from watching Power Rangers when you were a kid. First of all, true or false, the, the Zords, the big mechas that they ride in, they turn into the one big robot. Uh, originally, those uh, the Zords were dinosaurs that turned into a big robot. Is that true or is that false? True. That is correct. They were dinosaurs. I, I thought of trying to trick you and figuring out what like the second form was. I'm like, no, no. I thought they were panthers the second time, right? I think you're right. Yeah. I think they ended up being like cats or something. But maybe yeah, like Voltron was, was like, cats. Maybe that's what Voltron was, was cats. So that's what I always remember. Like I thought they had like these panther things at one point. Yeah. But I'm not entirely sure. Uh, second question. What were the names of the bullies in the first season of Mighty Warfare and Power Rangers? Nothing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If I give you one, do you think you could get the other one? No. Well, it was Bulk and Skull. Okay. With, with, the, with the bullies. Do not remember. I only remember the lady with the thing on her head yeah. that was screaming all the time. Right. I don't the even remember her name. It was Rita Repulsa. There you go. <laughs> All right, and secondly, this is uh, this is a, a a multiple choice question. Which color was not a Power Ranger color? Yellow, red, purple, and green. Purple. That's true. There was that a purple Power Ranger? Yep. And that's... I remembered all the red. I, I I visually remember what the Power Rangers look like, and that is about it. Yeah. Like I don't remember their names. I don't remember like anything right like i wouldn't have even known one of them or jason if mark wasn't obsessed with jason sure so (laughs) i i was i was very small when the power rangers were on like very very small um i dress as the pink power ranger when i was probably like five so i don't you said you were very small when the power ranger now i could picture is you and grogu's little uh (laughs) little cape Kind of toddling around the house. Can can I be that for Khan? I'm just gonna get like a brown jacket and then jumping just like Rogu after watching Power Rangers <laughs> doing flips and stuff. Your your mom being like, "Will you stop it?" <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Mark Cooper, and uh, we already recorded next week's uh, interview. Yes. So and, next uh, week we will have Miss Erica Banis on. Yes. She is a rock reporter and previously did the One Fall show with me. Yep. Um. Very good radio voice, um, and I feel like sometimes you can't tell us apart when we talk. So that yeah, the audio the audio podcast part of it might be a little strange. Yeah, so mentally prepared, but we're also going to be talking about Gilmore Girls. So I don't know, like uh, Gilmore Girls and Amy Sherman Palladino as a whole. So so I will be lost next week. Yes, and I am going to grill you. (laughs) I'm gonna get. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. There's so much that we didn't even bring up about Gilmore Girls, to be honest with you, that like there's not a, a ton of things I can even quiz you on. So we're, we're good. Like, because we talked about so many different properties from Amy Sherman Palladino. Right. So. Right. For sure. Well, with that being said, let's get into our final segment this week. And that is the serotonin boost. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Oh, you can start. Okay. This week, my serotonin boost is a comic book. That uh, was supposed to be released a few weeks ago, uh, but it had to go back to the printer for a printing error. It is from Image Comics. It's called World Tree, and for people watching the video at home, I've actually got 
the first issue right here for you so you can see it. Uh, it's written by James Tinian IV, who's done uh, a lot of Batman work and a lot of uh, other stuff. It is drawn by uh, Fernando Blanco, and it is kind of a cyberpunky horror comic wherein a bunch of uh, people that used to work on tech stuff back before the internet was really a thing discovered this um, internet underneath the internet that is uh, essentially like run by Satan then it's called the undernet and locked it away uh, because it was too dangerous for like anyone who looked at it would go insane and start trying to kill people so they locked it away back in the 90s and now it is returned uh, the comic is called world tree but it's spelled out like w zero r l d t r three three um and uh, like i said the first issues on the stands today as we record this episode so uh i think it might be the next big thing for image who's got you know the walking dead and saga and all that stuff so it's definitely something to look forward to and uh i, I got a chance to read it and it reminded me of black mirror and i was like oh i like i like this this is interesting i want to see where this is headed so that's my serotonin boost for this week mine's a little weird this week i apologize once again but um i did a batman cosplay shoot this week with my friend dark detective you can follow him at at um dark underscore detective underscore does a lot of different batman stuff but he does the most intricate cosplays like he gets the buys these pieces and like the suit that he built for the dark knight was the suit that we were shooting and it looks amazing it's like very well put together and so we went out and we shot in detroit because of the series that i do detroit gotham which funny enough was like the first time i ever talked to you on a podcast yep was we were talking about me doing shoots like this right i started this series in like 2016 and it's just kind of keeps popping up every so often but this person found me because of the fact that i do those shoots and had me saved for almost two years until they started shooting so it was kind of cool like they saw my work yeah and then held on to it until they were ready but the reason that i bring all this up was that when you shoot at night if you don't have a lot of lighting you're gonna have some issues with grain well lightroom which is part of the adobe suite just came out with a denoise effect with their new update so like if you do anything with lightroom at all re-up your lightroom classic because it's uh, a little button you hit it it goes through the process and it clears out the noise grain but it doesn't overdo it it makes it really smooth but also it still sharpens the image when you put it through so the pictures that i had i was actually sending them to some of my other photographer friends sending it uh, going like you need to download the new version of lightroom because these pictures i didn't even do any editing to yet and they already look amazing right so and i mean like that's not just because i shot them like i i i feel like you know i need to say that just in case but that is my serotonin boost this week because i've literally been telling everybody about it so if you are into any photography and you're doing lightroom stuff please 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 do yourself a favor and download that because it is going to save you a mental breakdown i swear <laughs> you've seen i've had mental breakdowns about not lighting something correctly like yep. this is a game changer and there's so many photographers that do concert photography on twitter that are all going these are saving my images i bet yeah for sure so that's one thing that people don't realize about the concert photography stuff 
is that as you're taking pictures, you don't have any control over your lighting beyond like changing your settings. Right. So if you are in really bad lighting, you're you're probably going to end up with a lot of grain because you're cranking your light up to be able to even see the person in the photo. So definitely a game changer. Nice. And where can people see some of your uh, photos with or without this new filter on it? Um, it's going to be at acronymis on everything. Um, so acronymis.com, acronymis on all socials. I should probably have those up sometime, uh, I want to say in two weeks, just yeah. because I usually give people time to post them on their socials yeah, first sure. before I start posting them. But um, I did a BTS thing showing like how I shot the stuff. And then I'm going to go over kind of the, the color correction for The Dark Knight because with with Malik, he's very interested in the color composition of the movies that we're doing the suit for. Right. So this was the Dark Knight suit. So everything's going to be kind of blue toned. It's going to have that kind of dark, eerie blue. And I'm really excited for everybody to see what we put together. If you want to see the Rob Pattinson version that we did already, that is in my socials. You may have to scroll a little bit. But we did that in Detroit about six months ago. So this is, I think we knocked it out of the park with this one awesome and we were like i think these are better than the brat pets and batman i'm always much happier when you come back from a photo shoot happy with like the result before <laughs> you've even edited it because there's like two there's two phases yes. living with you of like when you come back and like the shoot was a disaster you're usually pretty upset yes and then it's worse if during the editing process you can't fix it <laughs> but when you can't fix it or when you find something like this then it's like Awesome. Yeah. No, I think this is going to alleviate some of the stress with that. That's good. And it's, I, I will say this, it's unfortunately the way that the world is working. There's a lot of hate with like tons of AI. Oh, yeah. Of course, with with great reason and everything else. But I think that this plugin is is part AI. So it's like it's trying to look at the image and figure out, you know, what it is, but it's part of the Lightroom thing. There was a story I saw in Kotaku last week that I didn't bring up during the headlines, but like somebody found a whole bunch of songs that have been uploaded to Spotify mm -hmm. that are all essentially the same song, just like with one or two changes. Mm -hmm. All different artists, yep. all with AI covers on them and made a playlist of 49 songs saying this is all the same song. I listened to like five of them. They are. They're the exact like it's. If you, to try and put it in layman's terms, uh, to, to dumb it down for non-musicians, it's like if you took the guitar, the bass, the keyboards, the drums, there's no vocals at any of these things, and then you just like took one part out and called it a new song. That's why. <laughs> and then took one more part out and called it a new song. Or like, let's start with the chorus instead of the verse. Let's start with the bridge instead of the chorus. Yeah. And after like five of them, I'm like, the hell? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I know that there's going to be a lot of that, especially with there was a, a news thing that popped up about Grimes saying that she was OK with yeah. people doing AI of her as long as she gets 50 percent of the royalties in terms of like her music output or whatever. Right. And that's going to be definitely a weird shift in the industry because there's been a lot of like the weekend has been replicated with AI. Um, the first one I ever saw was David Guetta did Eminem. At one of his sets. Interesting. So he pulled up, he he got him to say like future rave sound or whatever, and he put it through a system and it sounded exactly like Eminem. Yeah. And I can't tell you from the bottom of my heart how much I was enraged. Yeah. Um, so I know that like AI is a real a thing that like people are worried about, but it's like this at least is part of a application yeah. in 
Adobe, so I don't think that there's any danger of it being processed through it and like getting stolen. Right. But you never know the thing. So Well, you can't get the really big fan podcast courtesy of an AI yet. We're not big enough. We're we're, yeah, we're not enough famous for people to make AI to, to replicate us. But we'd love to get famous enough to be replicated by AI. And you can help us out by heading on over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash really big fan pod. Make sure you subscribe and follow the channel so you can know when I'm playing video games, we're playing video games, and when we're recording uh, the podcast, as well as uh, we've got a donation button up there. If you want to donate to help us, uh, you know, make sure that we've got the equipment we need to bring you the content you love. And uh, we also have a Patreon, uh, which we're uh, still in in the process of figuring out what to do with. But you can always donate a dollar to three dollars, five dollars, or whatever like that, and uh, and help us afford to do this. We do also have a Kofi button on acronymiscom slash really big fan pod. There you go. Um, so you can either click on that Patreon, or you can do the Kofi button, or just go to the Twitch page and hit the donate button. Yep. way. But we definitely want to keep doing this, and we want to keep doing this uh, for the foreseeable future if we can. So as many people as we can get involved in helping us out with that, we. If you keep going. if you enjoy the content, we hope that you would throw us a couple bones so that we can afford to feed ourselves and continue to bring you the content <laughs> that you uh, you enjoy. Um, you can of course find us doing the show Wednesday mornings around eleven thirty. Uh, we rerun the show at least for the couple of, last couple of weeks. We have around seven o'clock on Wednesdays. Then it hits YouTube on Thursday night. 8 p.m. And then uh, at three a.m. on Friday is when you can find the uh, audio version of the podcast. We are on. All platforms now: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn uh, app, whichever whichever app you grab your podcast on, we should be there. So make sure you leave us a review and uh, give us all the stars, and let people know uh, that the Really Big Fan Podcast is your favorite podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. So which do you prefer? Do you prefer the Batman that has something in the throat piece of the cowl that disguises his voice? Or do you like the Christian Bale doing a funny voice, Batman? <laughs> I mean, I'm very, I'm always going to be partial to the Christian Bale one just because he's my favorite. Because he's the Batman. But like part of it now I'm realizing is because I did a shoot with a Batman guy how screwy the cowl actually makes your voice in general. Does it? So because of the way that at least my cosplayer was, his face is a little rounder, and then you put him in the cowl that's supposed to be like a little, like the the jawline and everything. Okay. Trying to move the mouth. He was like, his lips were like puckering out and stuff like because that. He's the like, cowl forces your, your face to do that. Yeah, it kind of was like, it was like shapewear for your face. Interesting. So it was like squeezing his face a little bit. And I'm like, it started to make me realize like, even walking around and doing a shoot with somebody dressed like that, they're like, I don't know how Christian Bale lived. Yeah. In this suit. No for, like months no wonder there was that footage from the terminator movie of him screaming at some dude that walked in his light because he's just so upset about being batman for years i mean it's a lot it's heavy it's you know all that stuff so trying to do 
like your vocal, it's like it's kind of squeezing your whole neck and everything. Yep. So there's a new appreciation for everybody who does it. Um, I personally do like the Christian Bale kind of gruff voice, especially when he yells things like, I'm not wearing hockey pads or hey, shit like that. That's the thing that's funny about it is that like the voice works if you're kind of whispering. But like when he has to shout at somebody over his shoulder, then it just, yeah, it becomes like just vowels and it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. what, what I, I didn't think that, you know, Ben Affleck did a bad job either. I, I love Kevin Conroy. God, you know, yeah, rest Conroy, his soul. But like, he didn't have to be in the suit. He, no, exactly. He was voice acting. Yeah. So like when you're talking like actual like actors in the suits, it's like, you know, the Rob Pattinson Batman just sounds like Edward Cullen. And I had to really, really focus hard not to hear that right. when I was watching it. I don't feel like Ben Affleck did a bad job. He had kind of a more gruff. Yeah, well, that was the thing is that he was one of the first ones where like they, they digitized his voice. So it was like he had something in the cowl near the yeah. throat that would that would disguise his voice. I mean, that's smart, and, and that's, that leads to his tech. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anybody yeah, else? Good. Like, I mean, I I don't really remember. You know, um, what's his face that's in the Flash movie? Oh, Michael Keaton. You know, Michael Keaton's voice, like it, he just talked normal. Didn't Michael he? Keaton was like, okay, if Christian Bale is the Batman voice at an eleven, Michael Keaton was the Batman voice at like a two. Yeah. Like he just talked quieter. Yeah, that's all it is. It's deeper, but otherwise. Honestly, I never know how people like it, it, I get that it's it's almost like kayfabe in movies, but it's like, you know, you have a Clark Kent or you've yeah. got a it's, Bruce Wayne and they're talking to people all the time. Yet somehow you can't tell that's the same guy. You just put the glasses on and suddenly it's Clark Kent. How many times has uh, Christian Bale Batman talked to Jim Gordon? Yeah. And it's never come up. Both with <laughs> as Bruce Wayne and as him. And right. he just, nope. No audio whatsoever, but then again, that would be- I did not realize that Gary Oldman was both Sirius Black and Commissioner Hall. Well, so I guess, know. I guess you know, there is character blindness. 